How we doing, ladies and gentlemen? This is your host of TB Talking Buckets, and you know, as you know, we obviously missed last week's episode, but we're gonna make up for that mishap right here, right now, since I am joined by our extremely special guest, Mikey Domagla. Mikey, how we doing? What's up, man? I appreciate you having me on, and I'm excited to talk some hoops. Absolutely, we are excited to have you. So. Today we have some uh, some bigger names to cover because typically, you know, on here I like to, you know, dig into the the cracks and crevices of the National Basketball Association. We like to, uh, you know, just look at you know reasons behind teams doing X Y Z and sort of things like that. But today I wanted to take a look at some of the you know the bigger hotshot teams, shall we? So we're gonna start it off here today by, I mean, let's talk about King James, shall we? Uh, we just received the news that, you know, the unibrow himself, Anthony Davis, is out for four weeks. Um, now, LeBron made a comment on this, and as he should, he said it's now his responsibility to lead the team without Anthony Davis. Now, we've obviously seen him lead, you know, lead teams before. I mean, you know, for God's sakes, the Cavaliers, look at them, right? That was a one-man team, pretty much. But... You know, LeBron last you know the other night he just hit thirty five thousand career points, uh, also nine thousand assists, nine thousand rebounds. I mean, he's trying to make a whole career triple double, bro. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> um, so you know, before I dive into the next point, do you think the Lakers are where they were last year? I know it's kind no. of a broad question, but yeah. No, because, I mean because of the injuries and also the team trying to get some more chemistry together. Right. I feel like last year's team was like perfect. Now I feel like bringing in all these new guys like uh, Schroeder, Harrell, Marcus Saul, you know, it's taking it's taking some getting used to, but you know, they got to get the kinks out before the playoffs, before the finals as any new team would. So, right. a little different, not exactly the same team. But talking about Anthony Davis and LeBron, yeah, LeBron needs to go into King James mode, like Cleveland Cavaliers <laughs> mode like you were saying and really take over these games, be a uh, score-first option, not a pass-first option. Absolutely. Kind of like he is with AD. And, uh, but I think they're underperforming right now. This team is stacked to the gills. Absolutely. Even without Anthony Davis. Right. So with Harrell, who's, I mean, you know, reigning six-man of the year, Dennis Schroeder, who could have been reigning six-man of the year as well. For real, yeah. You know, he... New names in there. Uh, you got Wesley Matthews as a shooter there for Marcus Saul. This team shouldn't be losing to that Miami Heat team last night. Oh, that, good Lord. The Heat team, they're not the same as they were last night. And, you know, I just feel like the Lakers could be playing better right now, but the chemistry will get there. And also with the Anthony Davis thing, I think it's smart for the Lakers to just coast through the season because when they're fully healthy, they'll be able to beat anybody. So it doesn't even matter what seed they'll be. I completely agree with you. I mean, you know, what, what do the Lakers really have to lose if they coast? I mean, you know, it, yeah. sure, it's not desirable it's to, you know, have your, you know, Hall of Fame candidate LeBron and, you know, your all-star Anthony Davis. It's not admirable to see that drop out of the first seed, but they're still going to make the playoffs. You know, if you look at basketball yeah, I mean, reference, yeah. If, if you just look, it, it'll just be like, oh, wow, if you look back at the history books, oh, the Lakers finished fourth that year? Oh, hmm. All right, but then they won the title. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's just a bigger comeback story for them, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, you know, more on Anthony Davis, you know, just before he was, you know, deemed out for several weeks here, he was averaging 21 points, nine rebounds, and three and a half assists, you know, blocking a steal. So, you know, sure, 
those are those are good numbers in my books you know on a near double double um but he isn't exactly making the same impact on the game that we saw as last year i mean last year I mean, I remember watching highlight reels every night of 35 bombs from him, just three ball, three ball, three ball, dishing the rock to poster. And I can't say I've seen one of those this year. So do you think AD has been a handicap so far this season? I mean, obviously, you know, I totally agree with your coasting point and they're obviously going to make the playoffs. But, you know, is he, is he slowing LeBron down like that King James mode? Uh, I wouldn't say so. I just think AD has been injured. I think yeah. he came he came into this season with something going on. I forget exactly what. And it's just yeah. lingering. And yeah. then the other night, him with the Achilles or calf, whatever that injury was with his leg. It's Anthony Davis right now in his prime, not even 30 yet. He's he's not a 21 and 10 guy. Like, you're yeah. 27 and, like, 13 guy. So yeah. that just shows that his, his numbers are taking a hit, his performance – he, he doesn't totally look the same like you were saying because of the injury. Right. No, I completely agree. I mean, I love that point about 27 and 13 because that's exactly what it is. I mean, I couldn't tell you what he averaged last year, but it had to be something like that. And I suppose it is still early in the season. You know, we're not even, you know, in the March yet. So we'll obviously have to see where it goes. But LeBron, you know, we just saw our KIA MVP ladder come out just the other day. Joel Embiid was leading, surprisingly. I personally think it should be Curry, but that's how it goes. <laughs> um, LeBron was in second, though. And, you know, will we ever see him age? No, he'll be doing a triple-double age 50. But for right now, it seems like he's almost becoming his own team. I mean, he is, I mean, 25, 8, and 8. Uh, he's, like you said, becoming that first scoring option. And, you know, is he at the point where, you know, he's ready to recreate the Cavs almost, where he's ready to just become that first scoring option again? I mean, yeah, he definitely should be with Anthony Davis out. I mean, yeah. he always said over his, his career, if he wanted to average 30, 35, he could, yeah. but then his teams, you know, wouldn't be winning as much because he he wouldn't be facilitating as more, exactly. drawing many assists. But this is exactly kind of what he... Uh, wanted with that, he could turn it up anytime. Yeah. Because last night the Lakers only finished with about 85 points. I mean, when did the Lakers finish with 85? Not not too often. <laughs> not so exactly. LeBron should really, he should really turn it up and go for like 35, 40 every night and just try to get them in the winning zone. Absolutely. I mean, I would not be surprised if I checked in on ESPN in a few nights and I just saw LeBron highlights left and right. I mean, I think he's ready to go. I think. And you know, if if he does, that'll help him in the MVP leaderboard even more. Ugh. Even though I got I got Embiid at the top. Embiid's just <gasps> been playing on a crazy level. Philadelphia's 76ers first seed. It's they're just they're just kicking butt. Yeah. No. I mean, absolutely. I mean, good lord. No, thank God Embiid's at least in the All Star game. But we'll we'll see we'll see what happens with Chef Curry. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, LeBron's response obviously is to adjust without AD. You know, they're in the tricky Western Conference, and you know, like I said, it's still early in the season, so we'll have to see where it goes. I mean, they they're obviously clearly remaining as a good defensive team, but you know, when you're in a league like the West, when you have other teams like the Jazz, it's you know, it can get a bit rocky. But you know, speaking of other defensive teams, we are seeing Milwaukee just now coming off of their five-game skid. Uh, They broke that with a 98 
85 win over Oklahoma City. Now, you know, the reason behind that, what, what do you think the reason is behind that? I think I have a pretty clear understanding, but I want to I wanna see if you have one of your own. Yeah, I, I think it's Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday. Is the main, main reason for it. Uh, he's just, you know, as a guard, he's just one of the best defensive guards in the league. And whoever the point guard or shooting guard is, he's going to disrupt their night because of how good he is at, on the defensive end. Also, I think, uh, is, is it lack of depth? They got a good bench. They got a really good bench. DJ Augustine at the one. Bobby Portis back there. Oh, good Forbes. Lord. There's just, there's something missing on that team. I, is did another three-point shooter alongside Middleton? I, I don't know. It's just something is lacking on that team where it reminds me of last year where they got great players. It's just, but it's not going to all come together in the playoffs. Right. Even if you look at their record this year, there's something like, they're like 18 or something like 17 that. 17 and like, 13, yeah. 17 and 13. I was going to say 18 and 14. Yeah. You know, that's not something that we would we would have imagined last year, how they finished number one in the East compared yeah. to now. It's it's crazy. So I'm I'm not sure what they what they need. I is it Giannis stepping up and shooting better? And I don't. I'm not sure. That's the thing, though, Mikey, is that I completely agree with you. I mean, I'll always try and find some sort of, you know, some some strange stat or something, some outlier or some reason, but I, I'm having a hard time because, like you said, the depth is there. You know, Bobby Portis, he'll step up and quite literally drop a 20-bomb if he if it's needed. And, you know, Giannis is, is having an underrated season. He's still doing 28 points, 12 rebounds, and 6 assists. He's still doing his job. He's still leading the team. Um, he's been shooting more threes, and I feel like that might be, you know, some sort of cause of it. He attempts four threes a night. He typically makes one. You know, I, I, I don't know if that's, you know, the reason of, you know, losing games, obviously. I mean, it's clearly Drew Holiday, and, I mean, seriously, Drew Holiday, he's the undoubtable floor general. He averages 50% from the field on 16 points, which tells you that he's not going to score a lot, but when he does, it, it is going to go in the hoop. I mean, no doubt. So... You know, his job is to be the defensive player. His job is to be the second option. And, you know, we can clearly see his impact on the team because in the last five games he played, uh, four out of the five were won. They played Cleveland twice. They beat him by 25, 18. Indiana beat him by 20. Portland by 28. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, it it just goes to show, uh, you know, the serious impact of Mr. Drew Holiday. I mean, with with him on the floor, they were averaging 23 to 24 point wins. And then, you know, yeah. they're losing to teams that aren't even in the playoffs. And I'm sure the point totals, the the point totals against, I'm sure, are also much lower than they were without him. Because you know, yeah. if you got a good, strong point guard defender, everybody says Drew Holiday is like impossible to get by. So that just that just forces the ball to get kicked around. You know, the the three point line and all that, and not enough penetration from certain teams, and that'll cut down a lot of baskets. No, absolutely. I mean, he he really is a one-man showstopper because, like you said, it's all about the disruption of, you know, because that's what we see a lot more in the East now is there's a lot more unique play styles, right? You have, you know, like people like Durant, Beal that are going to be able to pull up the jumper. You have dominant paint defenders. And, you know, Drew being six foot three, 205 pounds, he is able to play in the paint. We've seen half of his, you know, scoring is from the paint. He scores in the paint. He lives in the paint. He's able to guard the three ball. He's exactly what the Bucks need right now. Yep. Now, you know, what what does he really bring to the table? I mean, obviously the defense, but I, I guess this is a would-you-rather question. 
<laughs> you know, what do you value? What do you think he values more for the Bucks? That defense or that you know highly consistent shooting? That forty percent from three, fifty from the field. What do you think? I mean, a combination of both has to be the answer. But uh, yeah, right. It's got to be more so the defense because Middleton is playing terrific this year. Um, sure. He's he's shooting like 50, 40, 90 on the season almost, and yeah. averaging something, averaging All Star numbers. And to be honest, the East is so stacked. Middleton might might not make the All-Star team, even though he's playing amazing. But yeah, with, with Drew Holiday, it's all about the defense. Completely agree. Um, I was hoping you'd say that, right? Um, but, you know, you know, wrapping back around to Giannis with 28-12 and 6 assists, he obviously did make the All-Star starter spot for the power forward position. And, you know, now I have written down a few guesses here, you know, because it's pretty hard to figure out what's going on in Milwaukee right now, but... Um, you know, wh- wh- why do you think he can't lead the team? And yeah, obviously, this doesn't have to be a nail on the head answer, but you know, anything you have for ideas. What, why can't Giannis? What's up? Yeah, like why What's is he? Question? Yeah, sort of like unable to lead this team to you know beating teams like OKC. Oh, okay. Yeah, things okay. like that. Yeah, so like, I think it's Giannis performing down the stretch. I think towards the like the NBA today. I mean, if you watch a full basketball game. The effort and defense sometimes isn't always there to the max that it could be. Correct. Sometimes they slack off or whatever. But I feel like in crunch times, when teams actually like clamp up and actually start playing tough defense, yeah, in trouble. So if it's like a, if the Bucks are down three with like two minutes left, they know the Bucks want to get to Giannis in the paint. You know, try to dominate inside. But the defense is going to really highlight Giannis and really make him not be able to get shots off. And that's where Giannis's skill set, he's more, he's hes obviously called the Greek freak, and he's called that for a reason because of his freakish, you know, body and all yeah. that. But his skill set isn't there of a Kevin Durant, a Bradley Beal, where they can almost create their own shot and just put up in somebody's face when they need a bucket. You know what I mean? Right. So with Giannis dropping in the paint down three with two minutes left every time, everybody's going to slide over because they know it's coming. So I think that's an issue with Giannis is that he has to become a better closer, better mid-range shooter, so he can really, you know, uniquely get buckets. Absolutely. Because, you know, that that's what he does best is he, he backs up the defender, does a little spin, and, you know, James Harden was – James Harden, you know, there was a piece of what he said was right when he said that he runs up and yeah. dunks it. Like, there, there was a <laughs> tiny piece about it. Um <laughs> But he does it good, though. That's the point. That's why he won MVP yeah, back-to-back. Yeah, for sure. I mean, his numbers show it, the highlights show it. But that, those crunch time right. numbers, his field goal percentage, you know, it's really not that great. Absolutely. No, it, it severely drops. And, you know, that's the thing. He's the Shaq with no real Kobe. I mean, he's able to do this, and he will lead a team to wins. But, like you said, crunch time, there is no Kobe to pass it to. You know, I mean, exactly. And, I mean, yeah. and the perfect example of that is last postseason. Him in the playoffs, I mean, again, same thing. More effort in the playoffs, more more stuff on the line where, where players are really going to be hustling and really trying to game plan. And we saw Giannis was struggling. Bucks, they could they barely even got deep in the playoffs. Oh, you know, I, I, uh, I'm from Milwaukee. And let me tell you, there were tears shed. There were tears shed, Mike. Yeah, let me tell you. <laughs> But I don't know. I personally, you know, I'm I'm a hopeful fan. I think things will turn up sooner or later. 
but you know my personal reasons for you know why the team is looking like it is I feel like the worsening of Brooke Lopez has been sort of rapid uh, and it's hard to notice a thing like that but when you watch Bucks basketball you will see you know Brooke Lopez who you know when at his time in Brooklyn he was shooting the three ball for cash I can't tell yeah. you the exact percentage, but he was. You know exactly. See, Mikey knows. He was. He I was. Mean, listen, I'll, I'll I'll step in and cut you off. I'm a I'm a New Yorker. I watch Nets Knicks games. I'm a huge Knicks fan. But yeah. when Brook Lopez was here in Brooklyn, New Jersey, whatever, he was a dominant post scorer with his baby hooks, little mid range jumpers. Yes, sir. Now, he just he gets the ball, runs up, and shoots a three. I mean, like, dude, like, who's gonna rebound that for you? Like, obviously Giannis is tall, but like. To the opposite, where he's kind of be that paint playing like his Brooklyn self, threes here and there. Yeah, he shoots it at a high clip, but I don't know. I'm sure you agree with me with that. That he needs to play more inside. My friend, I completely agree with you. It's hard to watch. Uh, you know, when you watch Bucks basketball, you will see, you know, Giannis, and typically he'll make it. You know, most of the time. But when he's backing down, he's alone in that paint, dude. I mean, seriously, he is alone. You, you'll see. I, I, I get very upset. I get very upset seeing Brooke on the three in the corner. I'm like, dude, we're not giving you the three ball. We're gonna give it to Chris. If he would just step in, I feel like it would really step up the Bucks' offensive rebounds. It would give the ball. You know, we would get mm-hmm. more possession time. We would just have the ball more if he stepped into the paint. You know, because you see a lot of teams. Yeah, exactly. you, you exactly. You see a lot of teams like the Sixers. They have two men in the paint. Why not put in Brooke? I feel like that'd be a good, good thing for us. And I got to tell you, the NBA today, you don't see much cutting to the rim. Like, if you get Giannis down in the paint and he's blocked off, somebody cuts right in, he scoops it right around, say to Brook Lopez coming down, boom, there you go. And that's, that's where I got to give a shout-out to the Knicks this year. I mean, you know, I got to credit to my Knicks finally winning games and stuff like that. But Tom Thibodeau really has them <laughs> playing in a system. And you see a lot of, you know, off-ball movement, cutting, and all that, so the plays could keep going on, so there's no dead balls. If Giannis was to get in the post, he's got to kick back out to the three-point line, maybe they're not open. So, the NBA, you know, and I've been watching, like, religiously for about 10, 10 to 11 years now. It's just, it's gotten better in some ways, and it's also gotten worse in some ways. I completely agree. I mean, I guess, you know, for the first time in years, a team is going to have to take a lesson from the Knicks. So thank you, Knicks, for your yeah. hopeful help in the Bucks. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, you know, uh, we have Giannis, obviously, moving on to the All-Star game, and I feel like we should spend a minute talking about this. In the East, we have Irvin, Beal, Durant, Antetokounmpo, and Embiid. And way out West, we have Luka at the point, Steph, LeBron, uh, Kawhi, and the Joker. So I wanted to spend a minute talking about some snubs and there's one I agree with out of these two and there's one I disagree with and you know I, I'm obviously going to ask you what you think because these have been you know circulating around Twitter Instagram for a while so I'm just kind of pulling these from the web so our very first one there have been you know recommendations I suppose for a snub supposedly that you know Dame Dalla was snubbed for Luka Doncic. So, you know, what, what, what do we think about that? I mean, Luka's obviously about to average a triple-double, for God's sakes, and, you know, Dame is obviously doing his thing, but, you know, what do you think? Do you think Dame should have been in there instead of Luka? I mean, that one is so close. I mean, yeah. I'll touch on the East clip. I, I, I totally agree with the East. I mean, it's very hard to deny 
that the East is wrong. But when it comes to the West, my pick was Lillard over Luka. Just because of the record and because of what... Okay, here's a perfect example. When Chris Apps Porzingis went down, Luka was putting up numbers, but the Mavs weren't winning. They they looked like garbage almost. Absolutely. CJ McCollum goes down. Ennis Cantor goes down. Damian Lillard's numbers go up, and they're winning. So if you look at the Blazers' record, I think it's like 19 and 10 or something like that. Yeah, fifth in the West. Compared to... Yeah, exactly. Compared to the Mavericks, I think you got to give Dame the upper hand. But, of course, that's another argument where fan voting comes in. Yeah. Should fan voting be gone and should it just be the players and the coaches? You know, it's 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 a business, the NBA, so they want the fan engagement. So yeah. I don't think they're ever going to eliminate it. I think maybe they'd lessen how much it weighs in the, in the whole vote. But, you know, Luka has the international audience. He has... Oh, yeah. The, the kid audience loves Luca, Lamelo, Zion, Ja, Absolutely. and those kind of players. So if you look at it like that, I understand why Luca got the nod with the, the fan vote. But number wise, and even Luca said it, Dame deserved it. Huh. I agree. No, I totally hear you. I mean, obviously, you know, Luca had an abhorrent, there's a word, start to his season with his shooting and, you know, exactly hasn't improved. And, you know, Luca's a fantastic player. He will continue to do what he does best, but you know, dude can drop thirty and fifteen, and have no real impact on the game. You know, he's he's really not surrounded with a team whatsoever, and and so I would actually agree with that Dame point. Now this next one here, and and this one I have a hard I mm, I don't know if I disagree with it. I'm not sure how I feel. Harden over Beal. This one has been discussed, and you know I I know you're you're pretty set on the East, but. Mm-hmm. I just wanna, I just wanna hear what you're thinking about that. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> if they wanted to do a little something like Harden and, instead of Kyrie, I don't know if they would have considered Harden a point guard, even though he's been playing point guard. Yeah. <clears throat> that I would have, that I would have agreed with. But Beal, I mean, all right, the, the Wizards haven't been playing good basketball. Maybe the last couple games they won four straight. <clears throat> Excuse me, but no all season they haven't been playing too good. But. Beal is shooting the leather off the basketball and really <laughs> dominating, you know, individually. So you you got to get the the nod to Beal, and this is coming off when he wasn't even an All Star last year, which is just insane. No, I I totally agree with that, and uh, you know I suppose I would I would personally have picked Harden over Irvin, you know, just to average eleven assists off of a trade. I feel like that's pretty important, but oh. yeah, I, I feel like you can't really snub Beal anymore because last year, I mean. I mean, you know, coming back to that fan voting point, we almost had Taco Fall coming in, dude. Like, really? And even this year, like, Alex, Alex Caruso could have gotten in this year. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, there we go. We have our East. We have our West. Who do you think is going to win? Oh, that's a tough one. If it's played like a regular basketball game, I have the West. Because huh. I think they're better defensively. True. If it's played like... A typical all-star game i have the east because they can just <laughs> score whatever the hell they want yeah. but you know this this year again we got the uh a lamb ending or i think that's how you say it, a lamb yeah where you know it's like a, a final target score and then everybody really buckles down on defense so that's when it really gets fun so yeah like the fourth quarter of that game is gonna be a lot of fun so but i got the west the west all right i mean i personally will be taking the east for this one uh Okay. And, uh, you know, I guess I have to leave you with one last question. Should Julius Randle be a starter? 
<laughs> starter? Oh, come on. I'm not that biased. <laughs> no, no. He shouldn't, be. He shouldn't, he shouldn't be a starter, but he should definitely be an all-star. And if he's not, I'm going to be a little disappointed. But it's looking like he probably can be because his only competition back there in the uh, the bench would be like Vucevic, who's, who maybe still would get in. Sure. But Randall has better numbers than Vucevic, and the Knicks have a better record. So that means he probably will be a reserve, Julius Randle, and he definitely deserves it. First, first all-star in years from the Knicks, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank God for Julius. Well, Mikey, I'll tell you what. We're going to keep our fingers crossed for Julius, Mr. Randle. And uh, at the end of the day, I really appreciate you coming on, and thank you so much for spending time. I appreciate you having me. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Well, folks, you have just tuned in for a 25-minute episode of TB Talking Buckets with your host, Frankie Spacuza and Mikey Domagala. Be sure to tune in next week, Tuesday, for our next episode. Thank you all for listening. Be sure to leave a like, comment, or question below. And as always, have a great night.